Kiparshas Matois Masai. Again, we are standing in the 40th year um, of the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar. Uh, today, I'd like to just uh, dedicate today's Chav Dalid Tammuz. I'd like to dedicate this year for two very special people. Today is the art side of my mother-in-law, uh, Rebetzin Dr. Naomi Baumgarten, Naomi Bas Shloima Koyen, that's Machon Shlomo. Her father was uh, Rabbi Rosenberg, and she was Nifteres. Uh, this is her yard site, and it's also my wife's birthday. To obviously one is totally on the other. If I wouldn't have my mother in law, wouldn't have my wife. And uh, without a wife, you have no life. So, Baruch Hashem, um, those two special people. Um, Let's talk about something that I think uh, epitomizes special people and how we have to, we can follow and learn from them and use them as a guiding light. And I think this is a part of the message in the 40th year when Kalyusar are going to say goodbye to Maishra Abenu and he's going to say goodbye to us, what exactly that means and how it impacts. Um, the present and the future. So the Torah begins Parshas Matois Masai. Parshas Matois. It starts with the Parsha of Nedorim, and we're not going to go into the Parsha of Nedorim, but so much. But Neder is an interesting concept, where, where as the Torah says in the beginning of the Parsha, Kichol Hayoitzi Lo Yachel Devaroi, Kichol Hayoitzi Mi Piv Yase. On page nine hundred, that the, the, the side of of Nidorim is he shall not desecrate his word according to whatever comes from his mouth shall he do the importance of Dibur the importance of words this is the essence of a human being the Nefesh Memalala the Ruach Memalala the Targum says it's the Ruach Memalala that heavenly spirit that was Breathed into our nostrils from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, called Man de Nofach Medilei Konofach, that Hakadosh Baruch gave us a piece of ourselves, and we see and can can we deal with the the essence of our neshama through the power of dibur, and with that power of dibur, we translate that into our tfilos, we translate into our divrei Torah, we translate into our benor mechaveroi, which is mostly done through the sensitivity of someone's words. And here the Torah is saying that one can create reality through a the concept of neder, and the yisoyed of neder is lo yachel devoro, don't make your words chulin, don't make them choil, which of course the choil and kodesh realize that your words can produce and they function in the realm of Kodesh and therefore lo yachel devaro, don't make your words don't make your words profane whatever comes out of your mouth a person should be honest and she, he should be not echad bepev, echad believe that what he says is what he means and what he means and that's what he says and he Therefore, relates with uh, with a sense of reality of MS and the understanding that his neshama and the power of his neshama is expressed through his words are who he is. A person's word is his is his um, essence, and this is something that has been unfortunately. Um, Challenged throughout all the generations. After the after the parsha of of Nidorim, we come to an interesting beginning of the parsha. Also on page on page nine hundred two, uh, paraglamet aleph. It says, "By Dabar Hashem and Moshe Lemar, Nikoim Nikmas Bnei Yisrael Meis Hamidyonim, Take revenge." Take vengeance for the children of Israel, the, the vengeance of Bnei Yisrael from the Midyanim. And Achar Teyosef Alamecha. Afterwards, you're going to die. 
So it's interesting. Why does Akashbroch have to tie in the the fact that he's going to die with this last mitzvah? We all know we're going to die. Moshe Rabbeinu knew he was going to die also, whether it would be in in, in the Chutzlars or in Eretz Yisrael. That was something you had to tell him that he's going not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. But the fact that he's going to die, whatever, something is going to be the last thing you do. So obviously there must be some connection with the fact that he's going to this shlichus to take vengeance of the Midyanim, and as is described, Nikoim Nikmas, a double lotion of revenge. Nikoim take revenge. What vengeance? The vengeance of Bnei Yisrael from the Midyanim. And Rashi, of course, points out on this, that even though Moshe heard that his death is dependent on this, also, he did it with Simcha. How do we know he did it with Simcha? It seems the fact that he jumped on it, that's a raya that he did it with Simcha. Zrizus itself proves that he did it with Simcha. We don't know that he was smiling. We don't have a picture of Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, right? Uh, CNN, what, what they filmed this, this Tzivui. But the fact that he didn't put it off is a raya that he did it with Simcha. And sometimes that, that our attitude towards doing something, when we do it, when we jump on it, that shows that we're excited and we accept it with, with simcha. And what did he, so what did Moshe Ben do by Daber Moshe Elohim? Moshe spoke to the people. Let's gather people for this army. The you al midyon nikmas Hashem b'midyon. And here the Pesach changes it from the Nikmas B'nai Yisrael to Nikmas Hashem. And the Mephoshim point out what changed. Why in the beginning it was Nikmas B'nai Yisrael when you're talking to Moshe Rabbeinu and when Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to the Jewish people he says Nikmas Hashem. And it seems and what did he tell him to do? Tell you Elef Lamata, a thousand from each Shevet. Elef Lamata, right? The double Lushan. The whole Matois Yisrael, all of the twelve tribes have to contribute a thousand troops. And then the Pasuk, he said, Vayimasu me'alfe Yisrael, Elef Lamata. They gave over. The exact translation. So there were delivered from the thousands of children of Israel, a thousand from each shevet. Says Rashi, on Pasuk Hei, In order to teach me the praise of the leaders of the Jewish people, how dear they are, how beloved they are on the Jewish people, because in the early times when they left Mitzrayim, what did the Jewish people say about Moshe Rabbeinu Oid Ma'atu Skoluni? Moshe Rabbeinu reflected that the Jewish people are so angry with me that there's no water and took us out of Mitzrayim that they're ready to stone me. And here, now that they heard that the death of Moshe is connected with doing this last task of Milchemes Midian, that's 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 what it says in Pasukei by Yimusru. They had to be given over because they weren't readily available to go because they heard that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to die after this last war. So it's a pella. First of all, if you look in the Rabbi, Rabbi Hartman, uh, who makes the, these uh, these uh, made these um, observations, that the source of Rashi is from a Sifri. Now, if you look in the Sifri, I don't have one here, but in the Sifri it says, "Lo shvachan shel Yisrael," or to show the praise of the Jewish people. And here Rashi seems to be say, taking that out of context. The leaders of the Jewish people. The Moshe Rabbeinu heard that he was going to die after this last war, 
and he ran b'simcha. The Klali Yisrael heard that Moshe was going to die, and they're they're running away. They don't want to do it because Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die. So, why does Rashi change from its source in the Sifri, and why isn't it a shvach on Klal Yisrael and on Roya Yisrael? So, what's the message here? Just an interesting, interesting Rashi. And why bring a pasuk of Moshe Rabbeinu's um, observation and his feeling of how angry they were of him that in a, in a little bit they're going to stone me. Kalisa didn't say they were going to stone. They didn't pick up rocks and, and wanted to stone Moshe. It was his observation. They're so un, unhappy with coming out of Mitzrayim because they don't have any water. They're desperate. They're desperate people who were just slaves <clears throat> and now they're put into a situation promised everything and taken out with miracles and now you can't give them a little bit of water so this is Moshe Rabbeinu's observation of them why bring that Pasuk? it's such a such an interesting Pasuk to bring the Chassam Seifer also asks some of these questions and other Meforshe Rashi and after this war where the Jewish people destroyed Midian. And of course Rashi asks, why was it Midian? <coughs> it should have been Moab. Right? It should have been Moab. Rashi asks the question, because at the end of Parsha's Bolok, the way it's described is Vayochel Ho'am Liznois El Benois Moab. The Midianim just came and added themselves to their women to this, so why doesn't it say Moyov? So that ready Rashi <coughs> Rashi tells us in the beginning of our our Parsha The Moyavim and Bolak, who was Melech Moyav at that time, they were fearful of because they saw what the Jewish people did to Sichon and they were fearful. Out of fear, we don't hold it against them. We don't, don't, don't fight against them, and therefore we, we give them, we cut them some slack. But the Midianim, they jumped into this fight that wasn't even theirs. And that comes from a deep-rooted hatred. And Davracher, it's also another reason, because Moyav came, Rus came from Moyav, and we know we know also the the Mephorshim say that why did they take, why did why was Pinchas chosen to fight this this battle? It says Moshe says they took a thousand people from each each tribe, and then it says the Pinchas ben Elazar Akoyin Latzava. Take Pinchas ben Elazar. Why didn't Elazar himself go? And why didn't Moshe himself go? Moshe was given the task, go fight with Midian. So just like he went to Simcha, why did he give it over to Pinchas ben Elazar? Either he should have gone himself, or he should have sent Elazar. Why do you say Pinchas the son of Elazar? So the, here Rashi says... Why did Pinchas go and, and not a lozer? Because the Koshbov says, whoever started the mitzvah, he killed Cosby Basur, and he stood up with this kanos back in the end of Parshas Balak. Who Yigmar? He Hamaschil be mitzvah oynim loy gemar. So Medrash Tanchuma. Dovrach another pshat. Sheholach linkoim nikmas Yosef Avi imoy. Pinchas. Through his mother's side, he came not only from his father's side through Aaron, Akain, and Elazar, but through his mother's side, he came from Yosef. Yeah, this, uh, that's a Gemara. Bibinois Putiel. It's a Pasuk in Shmois. Mizera Yisroi, Shepite Magolim Lavers Kachavim, Umizera Yosef, Shepite Biyitsroi. That's the Lashon that Pinchas was a blend of Koyhanim and also from Yosef. 
And Yosef was targeted by the Midyanim because the Midyanim were the ones who sold him to Mitzrayim. Back in Parshas Vayeshev. So there's, nothing is forgotten in the Torah. Everything has a cheshben. And now it's coming together together to, to, to the, for the final calculation. And therefore the, you have a, a, a war against Midian. Midian put their nose into a war that didn't belong to them. Obviously it was a continuation of what they were against Yosef, who, was, who went against his Yetzirah, and they were going against Yosef, and they jumped in with these Benois Moyav, with the Benois Midian, they're the ones, so the eradication of Midian was a commandment to Moshe. And Moshe saw this, that had, we had to eradicate what? Eradicate the Yisoid of, of the hatred and the poison that was being put into Klal Yisrael. It all had to come together and then Moshe could leave the world. So this like was the last shear, part of the last shear of Moshe Rabbeinu. And I'm bringing this all out because the next parsha, after the whole what they did and, and that they made certain mistakes in who they captured and who they killed and, and then the, the whole, what we learned, the whole laws of, of uh, kashering Kalim from this parsha, we have then a parsha called the Bnei God of Bnei Ruvim. Interesting Parsha. And this comes on the heels of this battle. <clears throat> and I want to show that this has a connection with the beginning of the Parsha and it also has a has a, has a, has a connection with this last battle of, of Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the story? The parsha begins, They had a lot of cattle. Very nice. I'm very happy to hear that, that they had a lot of cattle. I mean, you know, why is that so important? Amazingly amount. Not just a lot, but they had They saw the land that they were in, and it was a place of pasture, a lot of grass. So they got came to Moshe, and to Elazar the Kayin Godel. They said, All these places, Itrois, Vedivain, Vyazer, Venimra, Vechesbun, Vel Olel, Ushvo, Nevoyu, Boin. The Torah has to mention all these cities. It's very interesting to know that they all had a lot of pasture. They were grasslands. This was a this was a uh, oh. Good to see you, Kobe. All these places were. These were these were places that Hashem smote before the assembly of Bnei Yisrael, which means these were these were part of the uh, the battles that they took from Moyav, right? Why is that so important in their discussion here? And he says, please, this land has... And we have a lot of, we have a lot of cattle. And they said, Give us this land. We don't want to go into the Eretisrael. Moshe hears this, and he sees red. Moshe Ben sees... He's right away after 40 years of, of bringing the people from the Cheta Egel and the Cheta Maraglim. Forty years he's trying to pull them out of the sin of the of the Maraglim. And all of a sudden he hears something that shh, throws him back, a throwback. 
as we call it, into into that. The, and they said, and 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 he tells them, Lama Saniun, slave Bnei Why do you want to kill? Why do you want to kill the hearts? Why do you dissuade the hearts of Bnei Yisrael from crossing the land that Hashem has given us? You're going to start a, a movement that people, because they have cattle, and here I want to stay in the Avayim because I have the Wi-Fi is better than in Israel. Until they set up the towers, you know, it's going to be... There's no Wi-Fi. Here they have Wi-Fi from the Goyim. They, of course, have Wi-Fi, free data, Right? And I also don't want to go into the, well, we, we are in the high tech, we're in business, we need Wi-Fi, we have no Parnassah. We also want to stay in Avra Yardin. What's the difference? And then someone else will come and say that uh, we, we sell something else to the Goyim and here the Goyim, and we don't know if they're interested in what we're selling. And all of a sudden there's a movement that no one wants to go into Eretz Yisrael. Nochamal from the, the Miraglim. And and Moshe Rabbeinu and he says, "Don't you remember? I mean, he saw a whole generation die out. There's no hardly anybody left. Only, as we said, the, only the old bubbies are around. The, the, no men are around. There's no one over over uh, uh, forty, right, <laughs> of the men. Only older women. That's a shidduch crisis." Um, this was the Miraglim and he told us the whole story the whole generation is going to die and now you want now you want to come again you want to reenact and bring back that anger that Hashem had? Says the Pasuk Pasuk Kazayin Vayikshu Elov and they came close to Moshe Rabbeinu Vayomru so they said, "No, you misunderstood us." No, no, we're going to build corrals for our animals and cities for our children. But us, we're going to put on our our swords and we're going to go We're going to go in front of the Jewish. We're going to be the greatest. Advocates for conquering Eretz Yisrael, Chas v'Shalom, which is Mashma. This was always in their intention. It wasn't like a they changed their mind. Oh, okay, you're right, Moshe. We shouldn't. Th- no, this was always in their mind. So brings the Tolner Rebbe in a sefer I just got yesterday from Shalashudas Torah. Tolner Rebbe asks. He says, "Beautiful sefer. I didn't bring it. It's a big sefer." Says, so why didn't they stop? Why didn't they tell Moshe? Why did they let him rant and rave and tell the whole speech about the whole reenactment of Miraglim and the, a whole speech? Says says the Talmud Rebbe from the Svasemis. He says because what the, what Klal Yisrael or, the, or Bnei Godnei Ruvain really wanted, they didn't wasn't. It, it, in the in the in the in the shot of the pasuk, it was because of the cattle, the pasture. But deep down, they wanted to have a connection with Moshe Rabbeinu. They didn't want to leave Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a little bit out there, Chachasidus. He brings from the the Rebbe Rabbinim of Pshchist that he says, "Umikne Rav, God, They had a Kenyan in their Rav. In their Rebbe, Mikneh Rebbe had a big Kenyan in their Rebbe, and Moshe Ben was being buried here. We're not leaving. We want to stay with our Rebbe. It's not such a Hasidic shabbat. 
even for your svardim, your svardish, that because look at look at the look at Pasuk Gimel. It, when he brings all those cities, when it brings the last city of Nevo, Uba'on, you see that? Mm-hmm. The second to the last city? Look at the Targum Unklus. He wasn't Hasidish, he was a Ger, right? And that comes from Sinai, we're told. It's Mamash, uh, from, it's, a, it's like, it's Mamash Moshem Sinai. Says the Pasuk, says all these names, Mechlelta, Malbeshta, Kumrin, Ubeis Nimrin, Ubeis, Ubeis Nimrin. Nevoi, he translates Beis Kvurta de Moshe, the burial place of Moshe. Hmm. Isn't that fascinating? Targumunculus. So, says, and, 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 Baruch Finkel points out another interesting point, that, in the end of the Parsha, when it says that they gave them all these cities, look at page 914. You got to see this inside. It's, it's not, I didn't make it up. Page Pasuk Lamed Ches, four lines from the bottom. Pasuk says, Ves Nevoi, Ves Balmoin, Musapois. Gave them all these cities. This is after they agreed to it. He gave them all these cities. Look at the Targum Unklus on that pasuk. Beginning of Lamed Ches, Ves Nevoi, Vyas Nevoi. There it doesn't say, Kvurta de Moshe. Why, why does the Targum translate the same word in one place, Kvurta de Moshe, and in one place, Nevoi, just the, the name of the place where it was? Suggests Rebellion Baruch Finkel in his Sefer Mishuchan Rebellion Baruch, Mamish, the last piece in the whole Torah. Why it's over here, I, I'm not sure, but uh, I found it. He wants to explain because it was only in context of what Moshe understood. You want to be dove to me. You don't want to leave me behind and go into Eretz Yisrael because I've been your Rebbe, I've been teaching you and and leading you. And that's what Rashi what Rashi said, we read this. Shall Roya Yisrael to show the, the, the praise of the leaders of Kalal Yisrael, which in one and the same is the Shvach of Kalal Yisrael, how connected they are to their leaders. How they feel that there is no life without their leaders. And that's why the Targum says, I, says, I understand that. But if I taught you anything, I'm teaching you that you're playing with fire for a number of reasons. Because staying outside of Eretz Yisrael you're under the influence of the Goyim. You're under the influence of, of not a place where if HaKoshbo promises this, that he promises that this is the place where you're going to have all of your inspiration and all of your leadership that you'll ever need. You'll have the Torah in its, in its entirety. All 613 mitzvahs are only applicable in Eretz Yisrael. Hmm. So yes, physically I'm not going to be with you, but I will be with you in the Torah that I'm giving. Who am I? I'm only the Torah that I'm giving over to you. And the Torah lives in Eretz Yisrael. But, Alpi Hashem, He allowed them to go into Eretz Yisrael. But not before He made something very special. And this is something that I, that I want to point out and the crux of the shear today. There comes out a concept from this Parsha called Tanai B'nei God B'nei Ruven. It's a whole Mishnah in Mesechtas Kedushin, the third parak. that's called Tanai Kofel, the Tanai of B'nei God B'nei Ruven. Which means that if you read the Psukim, you'll see that Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, okay, I see this is your intention. Now, 
I'm going to re-establish that condition. Vayoyim on page 9-12. If you do this thing, which is what? In Techolzu, if you go out to war in Eretz Yisrael, and you over lochem kol chalutzayardein ad harisha es oivamiponav, and you stay in Eretz Yisrael until we conquer the land, which is seven years. V'nich b'shah, and you help us conquer l'fnei Hashem, then you could return to Eretz Yardain v'hiyisem nikiyim Hashem um Yisrael, which is a famous pasuk. You should be clean, Nikiyim, Noki, you should be clean from Hashem and from Yisrael, which is the source of what? Source of, 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 um, of, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, which is the source of the, of the mitzvah, not to do something that makes suspicion on you. What's that called? Like, uh, Shabbos, right? Yeah. Don't do something, like we say, walking into a McDonald's to buy a Coke is what? Oh. Is the problem of Maris Ayan. Maris Ayan that looks like you're going into McDonald's. Was the from guy going to McDonald's? Today, who knows? He's going to use the bathroom. Okay? Everybody knows you use the bathroom, you can buy a Coke or a water bottle. It's, it's, but there's a din called Maris Ayan. That's from this Pasuk. The Yisim Nikiyim, you should be clean from Hashem. Of course, what you're actually doing. Um Yisrael, and it has to, can't look to other people. Otherwise, I'd say, I don't care what people think. I, I know what I'm doing and not doing. I'm going in to use the bathroom. My kids need the bathroom. I have, what do we do? You know, what can I do? Or buy a bottle of water. I know I'm not. That's that's v'yisim nikiyim Hashem. Hashem knows what you're thinking and what you're doing. Or Yisrael is marasayim, and that's from this pasuk. Here it is, right here. This, so this right here in this pasuk. But then the pasuk says v'im tasun kain. But if you don't go in, if you don't go like that. Chatasim Hashem, and and you're going to lose your portion in Eretz Yisrael. So this is called Tanai Kafel, where you talk on both sides of the condition, like a lawyer's letter. You know, it tells you the whole, you know, the whole in legalese, but it's called in the Torah Bnei Tanai Bnei God Bnei Ruvain a Tanai Kafel. I tell you, if you do this, I'll do this. But if you don't do this, then you lose out. Usually we say but in a Tanai, and the Gemara says, "Call Tanai Shein Tanai Bnei God Meiruvin." The Mishnah and Kedushin says, "Ain't no Tanai." It's not a condition. It has to have a Tanai Kafel. So here, it becomes a, here it becomes a question. Bnei God Meiruvin Akoshbro makes this Tanai with them, right? And this becomes a Tanai Begu. What's the what, what is this Indian? What that that right from here? The Parsha starts off with Parsha has to be careful with his words. Keep your word. Right? Here it's taken to a new level. And then the question becomes, by the end of the Parsha, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, Alpi Hashem, Vaitzavlahem Moshe. Vayitin lohem Moshe in nine fourteen. He gave them chazi shevet menasha. Where did they come in? Where did chazi shevet menasha come in? The pasuk begins with umikne rav hayul bnei ruven bnei god, and all of a sudden chazi shevet menasha. Why not the whole shevet menasha? And why Menashe out of any other Shevet? Mm-hmm. So here the Pasuk says, Chatsi Shevet Menashe ben Yosef 
We don't find anywhere, asks the Meforshim, the Meshachachma asks this question, and the Briskarov asks this question, do we find that he made a Tanai Kofel with Chatsi Sheva Menashe? We don't find it in the Torah. But they do bring a Pasuk in Yoshua. The Pasuk in Yoshua says in Perik, at the end of Yoshua, Perik Chav Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Zuchores Adom HaShet Tziva HaShem Eschem Moshe Ever HaShem and here he was addressing Laruveni, Vulagodi, Ulachati Sheva Manasha. So it's Mashva that he did make the Tanai with them. But if you look at our Parsha, there's no mention of Chatsi Sheva Manasha when he made the condition with them. So what's, what's going on here? I want to say, based on the Mephorshim, the Meshachachma has, has his Pshad in, in, in the Halacha, saying that here. The Negor Meruv were coming with land that was theirs. They were living there. They were past, past, you know, they were they were grazing their sheep in this land that was conquered already. Menashe was given land, as the Torah says, at the end of the parsha, by Moshe Rabbeinu after they joined. So he says. So Meshachachma says that when it was land that was already belonged to Bnei Gormei Ruvain, there you have to make the Tanai God of Bnei Ruvain a Tanai Kofu with them. But here, you're only giving them the land after they agree to the terms, so you don't have to make the... You're not undoing a, a, a ownership that they had in the land. Mm. I thought the Meshachach, which is very nice. But I want to add that the, in, the whole idea of the Tanai Bnei Gormei Ruvain of this condition was because they had a very strong connection to Moshe Rabbeinu and in that connection to Moshe Rabbeinu they were even willing to let themselves be thought of as if they're going back to pre-Miraglim Conditions, because they so love to hear Moshe Rabbeinu even giving them musr, even screaming at them for something they don't deserve. So healthy to be able to, to have a leader and a rebbe that cares about you so much that will tell you what I'm doing wrong, even if it's not wrong. I just love to hear the the in that musr, they heard his love, they heard his chavivus. That's Kama Chavivim Roya Yisrael and Kama Chibasun Shal Yisrael because they heard, they, they, they longed for and they wanted to hear how much their Rebbe loved them because he was t- on top of them. This was, this was one lesson. But the union of this condition was understanding that we're all living under the condition that Akash Baruch Hu set forth in this world. We, know, we all know the famous Gemara in Shabbos on Peiches and the Son of Zorah, Daf Gimel, based on the Pasuk in Bereshis, Every other day it says, And all of a sudden by the sixth day it says, Yoim Hashishi, which is how we start Kiddush on Shabbos. Yoim Hashishi. What's the hey? What are you getting so excited about? So says the, the Gemara, Hey, Yisera Lomali. What do you need this extra hey? Says the Gemara in Shabbos and in Avodah Zarah. Melamed shehisna Kodesh Baruch Hu in Maisa Breishas. That Kodesh Baruch Hu made a condition with the whole world, with every creation. And said, V'omer lehem, im Yisrael mikablim ha-Torah atem miskaimim. If Kalal Yisrael will keep the Torah, then you have existence. What I'm putting forth now in the six days of creation. Vimlav, but if Klaus doesn't accept the Torah, when? On Hashishi, the sixth day of Sivan, 2448 years from creation from now. If they don't accept the Torah, boom, you all melt in a, uh, like uh, Hiroshima. No, no, nothing left. No more. You all go back to 
You accept the condition, he told the Bria. The Bria says, yes, we accept the condition. What do they do? What do they have to do about it? Well, it does depend on them. What is it? Does it depend on them or not depend on them? We see that it does depend on them. The rain falls, the grass grows, the grass can grow with saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made me grow. HaKadosh Baruch Hu and wants this grass to grow to feed you, to feed your animals that will feed you. And therefore in the grass lies Emunah Bashem. In the rain coming down, as it says in Bracious, that until there was Adam to pray for rain, no rain came. So every braid of grass, every, every animal, every tree has to have a condition of what? Condition to grow and exist for a purpose that Claudia will ultimately, and everybody has a role to play. So here, when, when, when Klal Yisrael are coming to the crossroads of Eretz Yisrael, and the Bnei Gorim say, we have a lot of animals, we need grass. Moshe Rabbeinu saw that there was a, 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 a possibility that the Tanai of Maise Bereshis is not going to come to fruition. The grass is not telling them go into Eretz Yisrael because and be makabel the Torah being do it in actuality. The next stage of Kabbalah's Torah is doing the Torah, which is going into Eretz Yisrael, and therefore Moshe Rabbeinu had to reenact the Tanai of Maise Bereshis to the Bnei Gormei Ruvain with a Tanai Kofel. Which Tanai? The t- this Tanai, this condition. That if you go, it'll be good. If you go and conquer Eretz Yisrael, which means you realize that this is where Eretz Yisrael is where we belong. This is where the Torah comes to fruition. This is where our Rav Minyan and Binyan of Kalal Yisrael are going to live. This is the future in Eretz Yisrael because it's the future of Torah. Then you can come back afterwards and you can live in Ever Layardain. And and but but uh, but Moshe Rabbeinu says I have to give you an insurance policy. That insurance policy is Chatsi Sheva Menasha. Menasha, who was Chayv of Yisrael, we spoke last week. He had Chavivus of Yisrael, as we saw by Benoy Slavchad, and Yosef, who Rashi we brought last week, also was Mechavev Eretz Yisrael, because he told the Jewish people, I don't even want my bones to be in, in Mitzrayim. Take them with you when you leave Eretz Yisrael in hundreds and hundreds of years. Make sure you take Take it with you. Because I don't, my bones don't belong in Mitzrayim, only in Eretz Yisrael. The Chavivus of Eretz Yisrael, Rashi says. And to divide Menashe, not to take the whole Meshav Menashe, half of Menashe, who were the Tamil Chachamim, as the Nitziv says. And they were also engaged in, in Torah of Eretz Yisrael. And when you put half here and half there, so they're always going to be a connection, they're always going to be traveling. We have a chasen in Eretz Yisrael of my uncle's making a chasen, my cousin, my, my, you know, half the Shevet. That's all their close relatives. So they're constantly traveling back and forth there to Israel. So there's going to be a constant insurance that they're never going to forget the Tanai of Maisa Bracious. That it's all dependent if they're Makabal in the Torah Mutav. If not, we're going to go back to Toyu Vavoyu. This is collectively, of course, that happened in Matan Torah, but it didn't end there. It didn't end till they came into Eretz Israel and they're Mikhaim the Mitzvah, which is unfortunately. What we see in the Golas, when they stop keeping the Torah, because Baruch expels us from Eretz Yisrael, which is the Parshias that we read now in the three weeks. It's not by chance that these Parshias come in during the three weeks. Because mm-hmm. that's what Golas is. Are you keeping the Tanai? It's an ongoing Tanai that, that was conditional with the Bria, with the, with the whole... The whole creation of the world. Every blade of grass 
And Moshe Rabbeinu saw a potential danger, even though they it looked like they wanted to be connected with Moshe Rabbeinu, and they had a Miknirav, they had a strong connection with Moshe, and they wanted the kvur of Moshe. He was that's all true, but Moshe, like a good parent, like a good leader, can see through that. There's a tinge of of potential now and later of being swallowed up in the Golos, of being swallowed up with the not accepting the condition of Torah, this Tanai Hisna, so therefore he made a Tanai Kofel here, a double condition. That you want to know what I really mean, I have to speak out both sides. If you do this, you'll get this. If you don't do this, you won't get this. Even though it's implied, but speaking it out means that I accept the condition and all the ramifications and I really accept it and this is the, this is what the, uh, this week's Parsha the connection between Parsha's Nadorim, the war of Moshe Rabbeinu where Moshe Rabbeinu showed his true colors that even if this war meant that he's going to die he's ready to do it all of Claudius had part of that war there was a thousand from each tribe because they all had to see Moshe Rabbeinu's um, investment and his dedication and then of course from the, from the Tanai Gor Bnei Ruvain, they would they would see that this is serious and, and therefore Tanai Gor Bnei Ruvain will the Adarabha Bnei Gor Bnei Ruvain living in Averly Yarden will show how much the Tanai has to be cared for through the connection with Hatsi Shev Menashe, and we see that Rashi brings that the Bnei Gormei Ruvain, when they, they answered Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, not only are we going to stay in Eretz Yisrael for the seven years of conquering, but we are going to stay there for the seven years of division also. And, he, and Rashi brings this that even though Moshe said they only have to be there for the seven years of conquering but they were they were here it's in, in Pasuk on page 912 until they was conquered and divided Moshe only asked him to be the, for the conquering. Then you can go back. That we read in the Pasuk. And they accepted upon themselves until it was divided. They, they added seven more years. It was 14 years. Seven years of conquering, seven years of division. As you look in, in Sefer Yeshua. And they did this. So this was part of the acceptance of the Tanai Kofel, of the, of the double-edged sword. This connection was they heard loud and clear what Moshe Ben was teaching them. It's more than just me that you want to be with. I represent the Torah. I represent HaKadosh Baruch That's it. And the Torah is being transferred to Eretz Yisrael not accepting Eretz Yisrael or not being part of the conquering of Eretz Yisrael and they came back and they said yes we not only will be part of it in a Tanai Kofel but we're going to be there for the seven years of conquering and also the seven years of, of, of division that's how much we want to be part of Eretz Yisrael then yes we're going to give up our portion in Eretz Yisrael and we're going to take our portion outside of Eretz Yisrael but we, we hear loud and clear the message that you're giving us what is it? This Tanai Kofel, which I believe is the Tanai that of the original Maisebrachus that the Gemara and Shabbos and Avodah talk about, and this is what's what's important that that they they heard this, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was was obliterating in his last mission. The coin nikmas am midyonim kill out the midyonim because the midyonim targeted Yosef back in Mitzrayim. They were the ones who sold Yosef to Mitzrayim. Yosef represented Chivav Eretz Yisrael, 
the Midyanim, Moshe Rabbeinu saw and learned from the fact that the Torah mentions it, that the Midyanim sold it to Mitzrayim, that they were eradicating the Chiv of Eretz Yisrael, taking us off track. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to eradicate from Kalal Yisrael as his last mission. And that's why he killed Bilam at that time. And because Bilam was someone who also minimized and, and, and distracted Klal Yisrael from their, from their tnai, from their condition of following Torah, of living with Torah. And because, as we mentioned, the, the famous Gemar and Zvachim, that they all, by Matan Torah, all of the Goyim ran to Bilam and said, What's going on? What's all this? What we, we feel the, you know, like Henny Penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> and Bill made nothing. He said, eh, it's just the Jews. They're having a rally for Akashbos giving them the Torah. Giving them the Torah? What do you mean, just? This was their, their, their road, their possibility. This is a wake-up call to take their portion in the Tanai. If the Tanai was given to a blade of grass, it was for sure given to the Goyim. They also have a role, a maybe even more important role. And Bilam, with one word, wiped away the whole Tanai. He was the antithesis, and and because this is what Bilam represented, and therefore we had to eradicate that. That was the the the, the vengeance that Moshe Rabbeinu had to, and that's why he chose Pinchas Bedavka, because Pinchas was the son of Yosef through his mother's side. And Pinchas was the Kanoi who started the process in the times of Bolok to stop the, the Magefa with the Benois Moyov and the Benois Midyan. He was the one who understood what Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching. So when, when he ran to Moshe and said, Moshe, didn't you teach us that Kanoi and Poigimbo that we have to stand? So Moshe says, yeah, if you remember, you, you have to do it. Parvanka, the Gemara says. Why not? Why, why can't Moshe do it? Because Moshe needed Pinchas, because Pinchas was the connection through Yosef to Chavivah Zeret Yisrael, to standing up against the Eight Sahara, which was also what could have been through Aisha's Potiphar. You know, some say she had she had a right kavana in wanting to live with, with Yosef but obviously it was, it was misguided because the Goyim and the nations of the world did not hear to uphold the Tanai they were also part of the Tanai and that's why Moshe had to, had to be part of it and Pinchas had to be part of it and that led to Bnei Gomer Ruvein and how Moshe had to put lay down the law with the Tanai in a Tanai Kofel and this is the secret, I believe, of the Tanai Kofel, because it reconnects us with the Tanai of Maisa Bracious, which is the Tanai, of course, of Kabbalah Satoira. Okay.